Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So did you know that the rebel starboard means hope? I did not know that. You didn't? No, I did learn some new things about the rebel starboard in the book that we're going to review today. Well, that came out of the book we're going to review today. Yeah, That's I, why I asked you. I didn't catch that fact. Ah. Well, I like the starboard. I have a necklace of it. Do you have a shirt with it on it? I actually don't have any Star Wars paraphernalia with that logo on it. I really want one. Although like, when I got my like when I got my tattoo and I got the rebel symbol, I thought about doing the starbird. It did cross my mind. I am tempted to get a starbird tattoo. But the tattoo or the the rebel show was still pretty new back when I got my first tattoo. So it was still kind of like, well, is it going to catch on or is it going to be kind of one of those things that's like, you know, doesn't catch on and then I have this tattoo and then I'm like, oh, maybe I should have waited. <laughs> so I ended up going with something a little more safe, the uh, the rebel symbol from the movies and stuff. So Probably a good choice. Yeah. But now you probably could have gotten away with it. Yeah, Starbird would be cool. Although the Kanan, like the, the symbol he has on his armor, Mm-hmm. Like on the the shoulder of his armor, I've kind of thought about doing that as a tattoo as well. On so, your shoulder? I don't know. I have. I'm pretty. I'm a pretty skinny guy, so I don't know if I can pull off the whole, you know, shoulder tattoo. I feel like you got to be a little more buff for that. So work out. Yeah, I just I, I'll buff up <laughs> just so I can get a Canaan tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Motivations. Well, welcome everybody to episode 43 of Star Wars Bookworms. Um, if you can't tell, we might be talking about some Rebels stuff. Um, we're actually going to talk about um, Sabine's sketchbook once we get into it. But we have some news to talk about first related to comic stuff as well as things with our book club. So what's going on in the book club, Aaron? So for the book club this month, um, we were kind of in between new novels. We had just done Lords of the Sith. And we have uh, Dark Disciple coming up, but for this month, we decided to go back, do another Legends novel, uh, took a vote, and X-Wing Rogue Squadron actually is the the novel that um, our book club readers are reading this month. I have to admit, I haven't started reading it. I'm still kind of in the midst of Lords of the Sith and Dark Disciple, trying to get through those, so I haven't started Rogue Squadron yet. I did actually read the first page, and I think like the first line... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the first line of the book says something about like Korean Horn uh, isn't as good of a pilot as Luke Skywalker and I was like oh it's interesting I like both of those characters so I am looking forward to reading the book but haven't really dug into it yet but we do have some people over there on the Goodreads book club that are reading it and talking about it so if any of our listeners want to jump in it's not too late um, and one thing I noticed too Teresa is as we're getting new members to the book club people are going back and like discussing some of the older books that we read. So like I noticed somebody the other day was, was still talking about, um, Oh, now I can't remember which, which novel it was, but they were kind of going back into some of our older discussions of novels we had already read early on and kind of putting in their two cents there. So, so it's, it's alive and well, even, even without us. (laughs) 
Um, I don't even own the first um, book in the X-Wing series. The store I got all mine from had, had every one of them except for that one. So I don't even own it. Um, have you read the X-Wing series? No, that's a big part of the EU that I skipped when I was first kind of barreling through all the expanded universe novels that I could find. I got to the X-Wing series and I just saw how many of them there were and I wasn't that interested in pilots and kind of wanted more things with Jedi and I just skipped them. And all these years later, like everybody always gives me grief. Like, how did you not read those? They're some of the best, you know, expanded universe novels out there. Um, so I've always intended to go back and read them. Um, but everybody gives you grief about that. About Rogue Squadron, yeah, that's the that's the big thing. That's the big gap in my expanded universe knowledge. Um, I'm familiar with the characters from Rogue Squadron or from the X-wing novels because a lot of them showed up in the New Jedi Order and some of the later novels. So I'm familiar with most of the characters, and I did read Mercy Kill, which was the latest or the last X-wing novel. Um, but I haven't read like the original. I think it was nine, nine mm-hmm. books. So. Um, but this is a good time to start because the book club's doing it, so I do want to jump in there and get in on that discussion. Well, I get a lot more flack than you do, I promise. <laughs> you have bigger gaps than, than I do. I have a giant gap. It's like, okay. It's, it's like a Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> but we're keeping up with all the new stuff, and there's a lot of new stuff True. coming out, and we have this big Journey to the Force Awakens coming up in September. Holy cow, how are we going to keep up with all that stuff? So I have no idea. So we'll, we, we'll work it out. Yeah, I think we're going to have to narrow it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll cover every single item that's on that list for Journey of the Force Awakens, but probably the the big novels, you know, maybe the the young or the um I don't know, what what do you young call readers? those? Young readers. Not the young reader stuff, but like the ones that are more the designed teen, for teeny the, bops. The, the hey, teeny boppers. YA books. YA, yes. <laughs> so that that level, I think we'll we'll probably read those, but anything Intended for younger readers, we might skip. I read lots of Teeny Bop stuff. Yeah. It's not even Teeny Bop stuff. Like, Teeny Bop stuff is like Bieber fever. This isn't (laughs) Teeny Bop. (laughs) So it's not real. Wouldn't you count, like, Hunger Games as kind of Teeny Bop? No, I wouldn't. First of all, Teeny Bopper stuff is. Is that a negative negative term? That's a very negative term. I'll stop saying it. And it's a term that's related to more of, like, you know, pop culture you know like backstreet boys and sync days type thing okay that's not or like you know all the girls that were in love with bieber like that's that's teeny bob stuff with like celebrities and bands okay this is ya ya is is legit it's legit got it so star wars number seven got announced and we got some story info on that yeah, Star Wars number seven. Um, it, they're kind of veering off a little bit. So the first six issues was kind of what we expected from the new Marvel Star Wars. Uh, you know, whatever happens right after A New Hope, I guess, and uh, you know the same characters Han, Luke, and Leia. But seven is gonna kind of go a little bit back in time, a little standalone story with Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, and what's kind of interesting to me about it is it's actually very similar if you read the kind of the story description for it. Let me see if I can pull that up, actually. I have it. Oh, okay. Yeah, can you read that story description? I think it's in the wiki. Well, it says... Um, or maybe just the publisher summary, like the little bullet points. Yeah, it says, A special one-off tale of Ben Kenobi. First of all, don't call him Ben Kenobi. 
His name is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Thank you very much. Um, it says, Injustice reigns on Tatooine as villainous scum run rampant. Will Ben risk revealing himself to do what's right? Guest artist Simone Bianche, who did Wolverine and Astonishing X-Men, joins writer Jason Aaron for this special tale. And it comes out on July 8th. Right. So, yeah. Creeping so- up. Creeping up. So, I mean, doesn't that kind of give you, doesn't that make you remember the novel Kenobi, kind of the way they describe that? Will he um, risk revealing himself to do what's right? Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate. I'll just wait and see when I read it. Yeah. When it's a trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to read this one when, when it comes out instead of waiting for the trade just because it is a one-off. So, I'm. Mm. it's just one Maybe issue. Maybe we should do that. I so, could do that. Yeah, we could read it and maybe review this one earlier. But um, you buy it and then I'll read it. Okay, deal. So it's it's interesting. I mean, I've always been interested in kind of what what did uh, Obi Wan Kenobi do once he hit Tatooine? Um, you know, we did get the novel Kenobi, but it's not canon; it's Legends. Uh, but this, since it's in the Marvel series, is canon. So it'll be interesting to see how similar it is to the novel Kenobi, or maybe they go a completely different direction with it. Um, some of the variant covers. Are getting a lot of attention. There's actually one that um, I posted on the Bookworms Facebook page today and on our Twitter, and we got tons of responses about it. Just people really liked it. Um, did you get a chance to see that cover? Yep. So what did you think? Nope. Nope? Not a fan? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the giant creepy hand at the top. It reminds me of um, the man upstairs from the Lego movie. Like the hand that comes out of Emmett's head, <laughs> you know, when they're in in Emmett's head and all the blue emptiness. So there's that. Um, I don't like the way that Kenobi looks. He definitely doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look like Ewan McGregor or Alec Guinness, in my opinion. But it's or it, Clone Wars Obi Wan or Clone Wars. Yeah, he it's de- it's definitely uh you know somebody has taken some liberties on the look of the character. I mean, he's got his, he's got his robes, he's got his beard, you know, so it's recognizable as the character, but uh, some of the facial features are a little bit different. I actually think I, I don't know if you ever read any of the Walking Dead comics. <laughs> no, I have a hard enough time watching the show. Okay, it it's very similar to, in my opinion, and kind of how some of they they do some of their covers, except that it's not. Um, well, I guess their covers aren't black and white, but zombies eating each other it's kind of like the the foreground you have you have that creepy hand and kind of you see the you know the character coming toward him and and then he's kind of standing there and he kind of he looks a little bit like rick grimes you know does in the comics so that was one of the first things i thought of when i saw it i was like oh it kind of looks like a walking dead cover but i just really like the art it's it's a very cool image i like the lighting you know there down by his legs um i don't know the name of the artist i should know this um that that did this one but people will probably be know. able to, people will be able to tell which one I'm talking about based on the description but yeah it it did get a lot of attention on Twitter today people were retweeting and you know saying oh this is such an awesome cover i have to get this variant so surprising you don't like it though um not really i like my little pony comics hmm. <laughs> we can talk about that on our my little pony podcast that we don't have <laughs> God, I wish we did. I'm we sure in some alternate reality we do a pony, pony podcast. Episodes and pony comics. Dude, I would be in heaven. I'd be in pony 
Kevin, did I tell you I got a pony lamp to I, go with my um, geek space? I did. I saw it on Facebook. I think I even liked it. I got it for 50% off at Target for $9. Cool. Rainbow Dash on there. Oh, there's Rainbow, Pinky, and Twilight. I oh, just have okay. the Rainbow Dash facing out right now. Oh, okay. But I, I have the lampshade loosened so that I can turn it and change ponies. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So this this comic looks cool. I'm glad they're doing something different than the you know the typical story that they've been sticking with um, with the same characters. This is something a little bit different going back in time, and I I hope that Marvel keeps doing these in the Star Wars run, or maybe they'll do like a story arc and then every once in a while do some sort of a a story that's somewhere else in the universe with different characters just to kind of mix it up a little bit. I want a Bosk story. A Bosk comic? Or a Greedo comic. Yeah, maybe. I want to understand what Greedo's problem was. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong, baby Greedo? Like him as a kid? That'd be great. Um, so we also have a new series coming out pretty soon. Um, the Lando series is starting, and its first issue is out in July. It's actually out on July 1st. Oh yeah, um, so that'll be anniversary. Woo-hoo. That'll be coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Right. On Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and we don't know much about it other than it's about Lando and the main cover that they show over on Wikipedia. I love it. Yeah, for issue one. It's amazing. Yeah, I like the art. It's a, it's definitely different than you know the Kenobi one we were just looking at, but I, it's it's very. Very cool art, very good. You know, very. Did you notice he has like an assassin behind him? Yeah, somebody style. in the shadows there, and he's kind of just got his legs propped up, just like Lando would. You know, not a care in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, let me look. Let me read this publisher summary here because it might give us a little bit of insight into what the comic is about. Um, but it says, "You know him, you love him. Now join him for his biggest caper as master of charm." Lando Calrissian gets his very own comic book. Before he joined the Rebellion, before he ran Cloud City, Lando made his way in the galaxy, getting by on some swindles, some swagger, and a smile. Lobot at his side, Lando has a plan to steal a very valuable ship. But has he bitten off more than he can chew? And then they go into who's writing it and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, interesting. It's it's like a prequel, I guess, to what we know about Lando before before the rebellion, before Cloud City, I'm guessing maybe after his appearance in Rebels, somewhere in that area, probably. Well, we also get um, we get a short story actually about Lando in the newest Star Wars Insider, um, that talks about why he's not actually on Lothal. So if you haven't read that, um, it's a pretty cool little short story it's about six pages um so we're getting more and more lando stuff yeah i'm totally okay with that i think this is a mini series like i don't think it's a an ongoing series so i think it's only gonna be five issues um but i never get super excited about lando stuff he's just never been one of my favorite characters but this this one just based on how good the art looks I, i'll definitely will be picking it up um but I might wait for the, the trade to come out. Yeah. I don't know. I've always liked Lando more than I've liked Han, so. Oh, well. We definitely differ in that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like Han Solo and all. But there's something about Lando. Pretty cool guy. He's got swagger. He does have swagger. I think that's the, that's the point of that character. Yeah. Um, 
So you're are you going to read it issue by issue, or do you think you'll wait for the trades? Oh, no, I'll probably wait for the trades. Okay. Just because I don't... I barely have time to read books right now. So I yeah. I haven't gotten any of the comics. I actually follow Transformers, Ponies, any of that stuff. I don't, I don't have any of them. So I just don't have time right now. Yeah. So I'll read it for the for the show when it's time <laughs> to read it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a few emails. So I'll take this first one. Um, it says, hey, Aaron and Teresa, I see someone familiar at the 3 minute 20 second mark from Celebration in case you guys missed this video. Um, I totally didn't miss this video. And it's uh, <laughs> slightly embarrassing. So It's a little out of context, too. <laughs> it's a little... So, okay, the, this video was the Ahsoka video that was on USA Today um, a few weeks ago. And they kind of talked about the return of Ahsoka, and you saw Dave Filoni drawing her and talking about her evolution as a character. And they put in a bunch of clips of fans from Celebration, and they happened to put in a clip um, where me and some other fangirls were interviewed, and we were basically just screaming our heads off looking like morons. But, you know, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it was it pretty is. intense. <laughs> I remember watching it for the first time and not even realizing that you were going to be in it, and then that scene popped up, and I was like, wow. <laughs> that was quite a scream <laughs> he, so um, he continues to say just a quick comment on the question submitted for the last podcast my comment about Luke's real sister was in reference to a different character envisioned for after the original trilogy George never intended Leia to be his sister until his personal life fell into chaos and he wanted to wrap up everything in Return of the Jedi. The other Yoda spoke of, spoke of was originally intended to appear after Return of the Jedi. Check out The Secret History of Star Wars. I highly recommend it. Recommend it. Take care, Matt from California. Um, so the only thing I have to say to this is if it's not for me, and this is just my personal opinion, if it's not something that officially came out from Lucasfilm or officially was endorsed by George Lucas himself, then I don't trust it or, and I won't watch it or read it. Um, I tend to be one of those people that I don't read um, rumors and I don't read, you know, speculation stuff and I don't read things that are people claim to be true history when, you know, it's not supported by the people that it's about. So, um, you know, that's just not my thing. Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I've never actually heard of this book, so I don't know, you know, I'd have to look into a little bit more to see, you know, who wrote it and how much research they did and, you know, who the sources and all that stuff is. It sounds interesting. I, I definitely want to check it out. It sounds like there's some, some insight into, you know, other ideas that maybe George had for the story. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'm definitely going to look it up. Good information though, Matt. Thanks for uh, letting us know about it. Thanks for following up. So, am I reading the next one? Sure. Okay, so this is I'm from... I'm eating an Oreo. You're eating an Oreo? Uh-huh. That's always good for podcasting. It is. Yeah. Uh, so, this is from Matt Marks. He actually uh, emailed us, I think, on our last show as well. Um, and he says... He says, hey, Aaron and Teresa, I'll chime in with my favorite pages from Darth Vader and Son and Goodnight Darth Vader. As I mentioned in my last email, those are the only two I have so far. My favorite page from Darth Vader and Son is the one where Luke's ice cream falls off his cone and then Darth Vader gives him his ice cream. It just makes me go, aww. 
For good night, Darth Vader, I'll pick the one where the Ewoks are throwing rocks at the Stormtroopers so that their baby Ewoks can fall asleep. Because baby Ewoks. And I think that was... I think both of us picked that as a favorite, too. <laughs> um, we did, actually. And then he says... So Timothy's favorite page, I guess Timothy is his son. Timothy's favorite page in Goodnight Darth Vader is apparently the one with Jango Fett trying to get Boba to go to sleep. He is 14 months old, 15 months by the time of your next episode. Is that his like underhanded way of saying it takes forever for us to do do uh, new episodes? No, no, no. This is Matt Marks. He's a Goldiverse listener, and he um, he just knows about the time we usually put out our shows. So he I know. probably knows that his son will be a month old. So he says he doesn't talk yet, but he likes to point to pictures and have us say what they are. So on this page, he just alternates pointing to Django and Boba to make me say Django Fett, Boba Fett, Django Fett, Boba Fett, Django Fett, Boba Fett, and so on and so on. Uh, he says, Teresa, I listen to several of your podcasts because you are all over the podcast universe, from the Rebel Force radio shows to the Star Wars Report shows to the Gullivers. In fact, I almost expect every podcast network to have at least one podcast with Teresa Delgado. May the Force <laughs> be with you, Matt Marks. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, hey, Matt, I have a Doctor Who podcast. He probably doesn't yeah. watch Doctor Who. Um, so we do have one more email, and I couldn't get it to go to our show notes, but I'll just read it straight from my phone. And this is from Brendan Conrad. And subject line, love the show. We always like to hear that. Just wanted to take a minute out of my day to write in and let you know how much I love the show. Despite reading Star Wars books for the last 20 years, I didn't know your show existed until I met Teresa on a Star Wars card trader Facebook group. Black Sun Cantina, word, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I just finished the Darth Bane trilogy after hearing you talk about it on the show, and I was completely blown away. It's definitely one of my favorites out of all the EU I've consumed over the years. Keep up the good work. I can't wait to hear your future episodes, Brendan. And then he says, P.S. Sorry, Teresa, but Rebels is totally a sequel to Clone Wars. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> Thank it's you, not, Brendan. So, well, at least one of our listeners agrees with me. If any <laughs> of the rest of you agree with me, right? <laughs> Aaron needs some self-validation, so please. <laughs> Anytime you agree with my opinion over Teresa's, please email. But, um, yeah, so awesome. thank you, all all three of you, for sending us emails. Um, and If you want to send us an email and you're listening, starwarsbookworms at gmail.com. Right. So we decided, I know we, we keep talking about doing a review of Heir to the Jedi, and we are going to get to it. It's, um, you know, we're working on it, but... In the meantime, we wanted to get an episode out there, and we wanted to talk about a book that has been on our shelf for a while. This book came out February of 2015, so we've both had it for a bit. I know we've both looked through it, and this is Sabine's Sketchbook, um, which is a Rebels book, kind of, uh, I would say, almost like a, a guide book, or I don't know how you would describe it, um, but it's one of those studio fun books. And they did, they're the ones that did like Ezra's Journal. And I think there's one for Kanan as well, right? Like, yeah. Well, kind of, yeah. But so, um, Ezra's Journal is another one of them. Yeah. So Ezra's Journal, I think, was the first one that came out. And that that came out even before the, before the show aired. But um, Sabine's Sketchbook came out in February. And we've been talking about doing it. Uh, Daniel Wallace is actually the guy that wrote this. And mm -hmm. we had him on our live show at, at Celebration, which was awesome to have him finally on the show um so yeah we just really wanted to talk about this so we're going to kind of do like what we've done similar 
uh, with um, some of the other books like this. We're just going to do kind of a flip through review. Both of us will kind of, you know, hit some of the high points that we liked in the book, and then we'll just kind of get through it that way. Um, and before so, we get started, I guess we can say who the artist was, at least give her credit. Uh, Annie Stoll oh, yeah. is the name of the artist, and she did the cover art, and she also did the interior art, um, and some pretty awesome artwork in here, so um, very good, very good stuff by Annie. So first off, like, you know, I love the concept of this. Um, however, I do not like the fact that it has a... I don't know, very generic book cover. If this is supposed to be her sketchbook, then I would expect it to look like a sketchbook with maybe having her name on the front or some graffiti on the front or something and not looking like a traditional book. Um, so that's my like n first complaint about this. So Yeah, I would agree overall, with that. Yeah. Overall, I like it, but um, and we'll get into the things that I like, but I don't like that it's not you know how the like Jedi path and book of Sith and all that stuff they sort of look like they would be like an ancient book yeah. you know this doesn't look like that at all it doesn't it doesn't fit yeah the interior does uh, they definitely make the interior try to feel like an in-universe you know it's actually her sketchbook but you're right the cover of it doesn't sell it that way you know the cover it would be cool if it was some kind of a leather bound you know cover like you were saying something that's a little bit more unique to make it look more in-universe. But I think probably the decision for them to make the cover more generic like this is probably a cost thing more than anything else. Um, well, To I'm keep the saying... cost low. Because like the Jedi Path, you know, that's an expensive book where this is just 10 bucks. Well, I'm not even saying that it needs to be like a leather-bound book or right. like the versions that are not. I mean, the the Jedi Path that's not in its big vault thing is not an expensive book. Um. Yeah. You know, but like, I'm not saying that it even has to do that. They could just simulate the cover looking like a blank sketchbook with graffiti on it. It doesn't have to look like how it looks. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Because like I with Ezra's they... journal, with Ezra's journal, they gave it like a brown cover that kind of made it look like a journal. But then the only thing they did on that one that I don't like is they, again, stylized it to make it look like a normal book. So, I mean, that's just where I feel like they're lacking. Um, also, I mean, you mentioned the inside about them doing a good job of making it seem like her actual sketchbook. Yes and no. Um, yeah, yeah. They could have, you know, done something with the pages to make him feel like they were, you know, actual in-universe pages. Um, they could have done a little bit more. They did a little bit of like her copying pasting stuff in and stuff like that but I would have expected them maybe to do a little more than that um, make it a little bit more interactive um, yeah and, and you know it's I mean obviously they, they probably did it for cost or whatever but you know I just kind of wish that it was a little bit more had more wow factor to it than it does yeah one thing that stuck out to me was the the parts that are supposed to look like handwriting um, mm -hmm. you know, very much looks like font, just like a typed font, um, right. where I felt like they could have maybe picked a different font or maybe done something a little bit different to make it look a little bit more like actual handwriting and not printed. Um, but I think overall the feel and the aesthetic of the book and some of the stuff they inserted in there for a $10 book, I felt like it was, it was worth it. And I thought that it, 
they did a pretty good job, although there there could have been some minor improvements that might have made it feel a little bit more real. I just feel like they're trying to push this very big artist vibe with Sabine, which is great, but mm-hmm. then her book should have reflected that um, a lot more than it did. It should have been more texturized. You should have been able to feel the differences between her marker and her pen, you know, or whatever. Like, there should have been some more to it um, because I feel like they only went halfway with it. And, you know, that's the the main complaint I have. Like, as far as the content on the inside, I love the content on the inside. And I love the different kinds of art that Annie Stoll did and stuff like that. I think that's great. Um, I just feel like they could have done a little bit more on the production side. I thought it was interesting, like, at the very beginning of the book where she talks about how this is actually her seventh sketchbook, so this isn't just, you know, one book that she has. This is something that she does regularly. She's constantly filling up sketchbooks, you know, like I think a real artist would do. You know, someone like me who is not an artist, you know, I might have one book that I, you know, maybe make some doodles or sketches in, but, like, someone that's really an artist like someone like Sabine, you know, this is a a lifestyle for her, and, uh, you know, so this is her seventh sketchbook so i thought that was kind of a a cool detail for them to kind of drop right there at the beginning of the book which makes sense except for why is she drawing pictures of herself yeah she does do a lot of pictures of herself um that kind of bothers me in a lot of different a lot of different art styles too which i know they say the artist is just that one person um but some of it it's like oh wow like that doesn't look like the same artist but i guess maybe this artist just has the ability to do different styles or maybe she's using some some already like stock art that lucasfilm already had and they're kind of just printing it in the book I, she did some art for it i think but she didn't i mean some of it is coming from lucasfilm it has to yeah. you know and i just don't i don't dig the whole thing you know of putting like she's saying hey it's me blah 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 and let me paint a picture of myself like I don't know. Uh, this is coming from a person who does journal quite a bit. Okay. Um, and actually does have sketchbooks. And that's just like, it's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I think it's probably more the idea that if they're going to do a book about Sabine, that they probably should have images of her. So it's not necessarily, it's another thing where they're trying to make it feel in universe. But if you're really looking at it, you're like, yeah, this, you know, probably she wouldn't be drawing that many pictures of herself, but. It's just something they kind of had to do to make the book sellable. Yeah. No, I, I know. I understand. Um, so on the second page, we get one of the first parts where it looks like they've actually, like she's cut and pasted a news article. Um, I was happy to see that when I saw it the first time. I was, I like the fact that she, it looks like she kind of tore it. Um, I don't like the fact that the paper on that feels like the paper on the sketchbook. Yeah. There's one of my my tactile issues. <laughs> I like one of my favorite parts um, on the next page is when they're talking about her armor. And they actually mm. do a couple cool call outs. Uh, uh, she mentions that her armor is, um, oh, what does she say here? Modified Night Owl helmet. Um, this is similar to a design worn by members of Bo-Katan's squad in the Mandalorian Death Watch. So I, I just thought that was kind of a cool shout out to episodes that we know of the Clone Wars and Bo-Katan who was a very cool character from the Clone Wars uh, so that was that was cool to see that stuff yeah I really liked how they went into details about our armor because that really helped a lot um, it, just to kind of understand her 
and they kind of zoom in on different elements. Um, you know, her her one. I always wondered what the checkerboard pattern meant, and here they're just saying that it's just a uh, you know black and white like a dejaric table. So I thought maybe there was more meaning to it than that, but apparently that's just you know supposed to look like the surface of a dejaric table. So, and then the Anuba, they they mentioned that. But um, yeah, so that's that's a cool part of the book. And then on the next page, I like how she kind of goes into um, her art stuff and like her sprayers and colors. And on the page after that, she talks about what kind of colors you can get from different sorts of fuel. And I thought that that was pretty neat that she's actually done enough to figure all that out. Yeah. And she talks about the pros and cons of certain kinds of explosives like thermal detonators and detonite tape and all kinds of different stuff although it kind of makes her sound like pirate <laughs> yeah um the ghost is always cool to look at and they have a, a page there about the ghost and she's talking about that it's a Carillion engineering corporation vcx-100 light freighter did you know that um no, no. <laughs> yeah neither did i i thought that was a, i'm sure that information's out there you know but i just that was the first time i had kind of seen what exactly you know what the ship designation was i thought that was kind of cool that they included that um but she's also mentioned how, that it's been you know modified quite a bit so it's not like the stock ship that they would buy at the you know at the ship store at the ship store <laughs> <laughs> um so as we keep going there's a page dedicated to hera and the picture of hera that we see there looks very familiar from a certain trading card game yeah, I was thinking, oh, she collects Hera trading cards. And she pastes <laughs> it in her journal. Yeah, I thought that as well. I, I noticed that too. And then I also found something interesting here where she says that um, Kanan might be the person who recruited me into this bunch of rebels, but it's Hera who's made us into a family. So I didn't even know that Kanan recruited her. I oh, didn't yeah. even know how she got into the group, but now we know. A little bit of At a backstory there. we know that. She says, uh, Hera looks out for me. She looks out for everybody, even Kanan. And then in parentheses, especially Kanan. <laughs> um, and then they kind of do, remember that episode where, where like uh, Sabine was kind of getting upset at Hera and she's like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to know more information. You don't trust me. And, you know, they kind of, they call that out here on that page there in the pink ink mm-hmm. where she says, doesn't she trust me? Question mark. So um, they're definitely referencing things that we've already seen in the show, which is nice. So then in this picture about her studio that shows her cabin, like it's definitely all over the place. Um, but if you notice, there's a there's a graffiti drawing of Imbo um, oh, yeah. over off to the side. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And then I don't know if you see the Nexu that's up there at the top. At the top. I knew you'd, I knew you'd pick that out for sure. Because she's talking about wanting a pet and she draws a Nexu. So that's really cool. And then I am also... On the same page where Imbo is, and she has her name written in black, if you see the kind of ornate design, isn't that from Ahsoka's head? Where is it at? It's kind of like an orangish, burnt orange color where her she wrote her name in black. Oh, okay. And then it's kind of like oh, yeah. over that air vent. It looks very Ahsoka-ish. Yeah, I could see that. Huh. So. Maybe that was a little hint there uh, for <laughs> Fulcrum. Um, yeah, the Nexu pet, 
Uh, that's something you've talked about wanting a pet Nexu, right? Yep. There's actually has been a pet Nexu in in Star Wars. I know. I referenced it on Fangirls Going Rogue. Oh, did you? Yeah. Little uh, Alana Alana Solo had a pet Nexu. I thought it was. I thought Anya Solo had one. Uh no, Alana. Alana. Alana Solo from uh from the novels, not Anya from the comics. Although I can see how you get that mixed up. Similar names. But that's all legends now, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I knew you would pick that one out. I didn't really. Nothing about Zeb really stuck out to me that they pointed out. Um, and you can back up if you want to talk about Zeb at all. But I'm jumping ahead to Chopper. Um, and it, I, I thought it was interesting here where it says Kanan, Hera, and I are the only ones on board the Ghost who can understand Chopper's beeps and whistles. So um, three of the crew can actually understand him, but the rest can't. The other two. Um, but I know I had read another book before that said only Kanan and Hera could understand Chopper, so I guess uh, Sabine has picked up the ability since they wrote that book. Probably. Um, let's see here. I don't know if there was really anything about Kanan, other than her talking about she doesn't really know anything about Jedi. The one thing I'll say about Kanan is the very beginning part where it says, because you always get the back and forth on like who's the actual leader. Like Kanan, Is Kanan the leader? Is Hera the leader of the group? And here, and she says, Kanan is the leader of our crew, and he's great at it, but let's get real for a second. Everybody knows nothing would get done without Hera. So it's kind of, even even Sabine is pointing out the fact that, uh, you know, who's actually leading the group is still a little bit in question. Well, I mean, I think it would be typical to say that the man is the leader, you know, which I do not agree with. I think it's Hera, so... Right. Whatever. Maybe. He is Spectre 1, and she's Spectre 2, so... Take that for what it's worth. Not about numbers. <laughs> or gender. Sometimes it is about gender. Um, so then they talk about Lethal a little bit. Um... Sketches of aliens. Drawings. Then she goes into talking about who they're up against as far as introducing the Empire. Um, I think it's interesting how she kind of describes everybody. But again, this is another one of those pages where I feel like they're just trying to introduce kids to who all the characters are. Yep. Yeah. So, and if they were really going to have pictures that look like she pasted them in there with tape, you know then they should have been things that were actually felt like they were in there with tape. <laughs> you're really hung up on that, aren't you? It's just something that bothers me. If you're going to do something like this, you know, then it should be like, it should feel real, you know? Yeah. And I think, and it's just, it's just, you know, how I see it. But it may not bother other people, but it bothers me. So I'm flipping ahead a little bit um, to the Visago page. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's talking about symbols, and and she says here, I know Visago is the kind of person who understands the power of a symbol, and then she sh- and they actually show a symbol of the broken horns icon. I guess is maybe his icon, which I th- I, I don't know if I've ever seen that icon, but it actually looks kind of cool. He's from the Broken Horn Syndicate. Okay. So. Yeah, so I guess that's the the symbol for that syndicate. Yeah, and then but. she kind of goes on talking about his droids and about how he just left them playing, that he could have you know painted them black and yeah she gets she gets a little artsy on us 
So then we get to the page where she's talking about herself and music. And yeah. again, more pictures of her, um, <laughs> which I, again, find weird. Which look like, cool, though. They, they look cool. Look, they look very cool. But I find it weird. Although what I like about this page is she actually talks about different like artists and bands. Yeah. And so some band called Fanuel, a new artist active in the Mon Calamari and Diaspora scene. No idea what any of that means. Um, Counterpunch and Kickback, really the whole chord drive sound in general. Yeah. <laughs> Quink Jazz, especially Kane Apollon and Moon Eyes. I just think it's funny because I don't know what any of that is, but I find that actually really cool. Yeah, I thought it was a nice a nice detail that they added and like all these music styles and artists and stuff that apparently mean something to her and are in universe. But um, yeah, I liked it. It, it kind of makes me wish they would point out how much she likes music in the show because apparently she can listen to music inside of her helmet. So they should yeah. be using that in the show. It'd be cool if they had a scene where she's like blowing stuff up, but all you hear is the music that she's listening to. Yeah, that'd be you know, really something like neat. that. That that'd be cool. Um, and they have kind of a page in here where they kind of recap a scene that we've seen before, of mm-hmm. her, you know, almost getting caught and then blowing stuff up. Um, so this is the page where we see the starboard equals hope. Um, okay. Where she's talking about the symbol. So she said she likes to sign my work using a starboard. It means Sabine was here, but only to me. I designed it. I designed the look of it, but I took inspiration from the old legend. Um, according to some, the starboard can never die. Whenever it seems to be gone, it actually it's actually renewing itself in the heart of a nova. So um, it's basically the phoenix of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting that they they point out here that she's the one that actually designed that that symbol. Um, I think maybe I don't I didn't ever know that. I think people just probably assumed it, but now seeing it in this book is the first time I've actually seen that fact. So it's kind of a big deal, I guess, because that's such a big symbol um, that Sabine's actually the one that came up with it. A lot of uh, arabesque on this page as well. Mm-hmm. So let's see. So then she talks about Ezra some. And, you know, here's where it starts to get a little bit funky for me because now we start seeing images from episodes in the show. And... You know, would she, would she actually have pictures? <laughs> she does say earlier in the book um, that she has, like, a camera built into her helmet. Oh, and yeah. And that she'll be, like, pasting some of those pictures into this, you know, sketchbook. So I guess maybe that would be the the explanation. But, yeah, these are just lifted straight from episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been nice if they had had different images that looked like it came from her camera. Right. You yeah. Because, like, one of the images on Ezra's page is of her. Right. Let's see. She does say on this page about Ezra that she likes his spirits, which is cool. Um, You know, but it's just kind of there's not much there. She draws some cool ties. Yeah, she talks about Ezra, and then they jump to something else, and then the next page there's more Ezra. So that's kind of interesting that they broke that up. Um. But then it jumps to, did you, you see the page where they're talking about the sticker art? Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting when you're looking at that, how many of these I've seen in other things, you know, like the uh, Join the Rebellion uh, image there. I mean, there's a Hero Universe shirt with that on it, right? Yeah, I, bought, I just bought that. Yeah, and then the Rebel, 
with the spray paint over the helmet with that, you know, where it says rebel, you know, I've seen that t-shirt, um, the picture of her where, where it's half of her face and the other half is in the helmet in purple. I've seen that in like children's tattoos that come in Valentine's, <laughs> you know, so just little things here where I'm like, Oh, I've seen that image in this product or I've seen that image in that product. Um, most of these stickers I've seen before. I like this next page where she talks about loving languages. Yeah. And she says there are so many ways to express the same basic ideas like love, family, and hope. Some concepts are universal no matter where you come from or what you look like, which I think is a really good message. And so she has different things written um, in different languages. She's got Sri Wook on here, um, Aurabash is on here, and it looks like some other things. Yeah, and she says she, let's see, she speaks Mandoa. Hatties, Aqualish, and Rodian, um, which we've seen her speak Aqualish um, in one of the episodes, and she actually talks about that in this book, about how she uh, had to translate for the, the one guy in that episode. Um, so yeah, she's multilingual. Um, kind of flipping forward here, trying to speed up a little bit. Um some Mandalorian stuff here, which is kind of cool. Some images of the, of actually like Darth Maul's Mandalorians, uh, with the spikes on their helmets and stuff like that, um, are in the book. And she's talking about Mandalorian symbols and Mandalorian art, um, the cubist style, uh, all things that we saw in the Clone Wars as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um... She references another episode of Rebels where Ezra's book falls on Zeb because Chopper played that prank. Yeah. The artwork um, from that is here. And then she talks about animals in the natural world and how they're inspiration to her. And we see some loth cats. We see some weird flying bugs. We see a Nexu, some other random stuff here. But she said Anubas are her favorite. Yep. Um, let's see. So some, some more references to episodes, mm -hmm. um, the Stygian prime stuff. Um, there's another sticker. I see the freedom fighter Sabine. I've seen that sticker before. A lot of those are actually the sticker cards in the, um, um, the top star Wars rebels tops trading cards, the hard copy card. Yeah. My son has a very big, uh, star Wars Rebels sticker book and it has like hundreds of stickers in it and, and all these stickers are in there as well. Um, so, something I like that's in here, a little bit forward, it's talking about the five principles of staying hidden, hidden mm -hmm. which are her five, five principles. Keep flat on your feet, don't make noisy steps, and move quickly. Don't stay too in one spot. Avoid line of sight. If there's if there's cover around, use it. Climb fences and walls, and never ever get too caught up in your art. <laughs> uh, did you see the... Did we pass the page where she's talking about like hairstyles and tattoos and stuff? I don't think so. So she talks I don't about. Think we've passed that yet. I think she talks about Fulcrum, which we kind of. That's this book came out before we all knew who Fulcrum was, mm -hmm. um, so it was still a mystery at this point. Um, and then a little bit further on than that, a few pages on, you see, uh, she talks about kind of applying art to herself in different hairstyles or mm -hmm. hair colors. And then uh, talking about tattoos, although she she will draw on herself, but doesn't actually make it permanent. Um, 
she says, I changed my mind too much for that. <laughs> To make Although those permanent. are cool designs to actually use if I wanted to get an arm tattoo. I was actually thinking that some of those designs, you could take that to an artist and be like, hey, make make this for me. Because, yeah, those are some pretty cool tattoo ideas. Like full sleeves. I like, I like how she wants to shave half her head and have a two-toned hair. <laughs> <laughs> but we do know in season two she's going to have the blue hair, um, which in all of her sketches here she doesn't have blue as any of the options. But... But I guess that's what she went with for season two. Um, yep. And so then we kind of get to the end and um, that the Empire has a five-year plan for Lothal and it's not good. And she says, how do I know? Meet Sibo or rather meet the computer on his head. And so she talks a little bit about that. Nothing that we don't really know. Right. Yeah. It's all more uh, stuff from the episodes. Right. And then there's this last page that's kind of cool, just some random artwork. There's sort of a manga-style Sabine that's really cute. Um, In the bottom left corner. Really adorable. I actually yeah. really like that a lot. You know, she says, no colors are ugly, but why be boring? Say no to Imperial Gray. <laughs> and she says, do it. Don't just talk about it. Do it because you want to. <laughs> so it's just kind of a cool little graffiti page that I actually like a lot. Yeah, that's... Visually, that's one of the best pages in the book. And then and there's just some blank pages where she has some doodles and stuff. Like she still has room to to write things. So I mean, overall, it's a it's a pretty cool book. Um, you know, give give credit to Daniel Wallace for writing all of the content, and then Annie Stoll for doing all of the illustrations. Um, but again, I think my primary problem with it is just that it's not tactile enough for me. And it doesn't feel as in universe as I wanted it to. Yeah, yeah. I actually really enjoyed the book. A lot of cool information in there, stuff that I didn't already know. And the artwork was really good to, you know, really fun to look at. So I really, I really liked it a lot. And I had the same kind of issues as you do, as far as it feeling a little bit, you know, not quite in universe enough that they could have maybe done a few changes to make that uh, a little better. But overall pretty solid book i really liked it a lot and a quick you know really quick read you know there's it's pretty small it's a ten dollar book hardback um it's a real quick quick read um and even you know it's kind of looks like it might be designed more for kids and stuff but i mean if you're a fan of the show star wars rebels at all these type of books i think slip people you know people kind of look past these sometimes and think oh you know it's just a kid's book but these are actually really cool to have on your shelf and just as something to kind of flip through yeah. Oh, so, so. Yep. So that was well, Sabine's sketchbook, but I think we're, I think we're about ready to wrap this episode up. Yeah, we are. Um, so on our next episode, we are planning to review Air of the Jedi, but that could change. So just um, keep in mind that it'll come and it'll be here when it gets here. <laughs> so I have to. <laughs> we're just giving we're just giving our listeners more time to read it. We're just there we go. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter. We're at SWBookworms. And you can um, also send us an email to StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. And just on Facebook, just look for Star Wars Bookworms. And you can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you like our show and you haven't left us a review yet, we would love for you to go over there leave us a nice five-star review. You can follow Teresa on Instagram and Twitter at IceColdPenguin. And you can follow me at AVGoins. So until next time, keep on reading.